0: Keep Pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. I up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina. The first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you you win a lot of ways and I don't like to lose it anyway. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 7 forecast uh, Matt Wes, and Corey with you guys this week. Uh, I know we've had a couple weeks off, but it's uh, been an interesting week here lately. We had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Charlotte Hornets had the NBA draft this week. Training camp started to open this week uh, in Spartanburg. A lot of news finally starting to come out and starting to break. So it's an exciting time, uh, at least here in the sports world for uh, North Carolina and uh, at least for us with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Corey, Wes, how are you guys doing?
1: Good, man. This is, you know, we made it. We made it, people. Summer's over. Well, Summer's not over in terms of weather, but the dead zone of summer's over. We have actual football to talk about. Training camp's always my favorite time of the year. You know, season's right upon us. You know, we start getting into training camp, and the news starts rolling in. These new players, you get to see your first look at them, and it's just it's an exciting time every year, the, the unknowns coming up and I love training camp and I can't wait to go down to Spartanburg whenever I might get that in the next couple of weeks. weeks. So.
2: Yeah. Um, echo what, what Corey said there. It's just, I'm excited. It's, it's great to see some, some action, some videos, some pictures and some stories coming from training camp. Um. Really haven't seen any like crazy hot takes either way of of this guy's just blowing everybody away. This guy's been terrible. So it's been been kind of a a slightly uneventful first week uh, for training camp standards. But uh, I'm excited to talk about it and talk about the offense and the defense and see some of these how some of these young guys have looked.
0: Yeah. That's a, yeah.
1: the main the thing right. Is, a, is not to have any sort of uh, negative news come out of training camp, like injuries. So that's all I can hope for is to get through training camp without any significant injuries. That's always holding my breath the entire three or four weeks of training camp.
0: Yeah. If we can avoid injuries, that's going to help us out in the long run, especially here the first week the team gets together. Um, but honestly, yeah, let's just dive into it. Um, we start with the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we have, we've talked about this uh, in depth throughout the, uh, the offseason. So finally get to see Sam Darnold out there on the field. And, and uh, by all accounts, he seemed to be okay, which is what you could expect. Uh, at first year quarterback coming into a new system, getting acclimated with his guys, really didn't have a lot of offseason to you know do private workouts with these guys um, to get some action and build a repertoire with them. Um, but so far, the news out of camp is that he's looked all right. I mean, there has been some interceptions, but that's going to be expected, especially with this defense, um, especially with a new system. And like we just talked about before we got on to record here, is that if the defense wasn't you know, getting interceptions and you know, wasn't looking good and making Sam look questionable at times, it, then you'd be worried about the defense. So that's a, you know, that's that's a positive thing, not necessarily something that I see as negative. Um, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, keeping that repertoire that he had with uh, Robbie in New York. Uh, I know those those guys have connected for a a couple big plays so far during camp and he's um, building that consistency with, with DJ as well. Um, What are, what are your guys thoughts on, on Sam so far in in camp? And what are some, some takeaways that you guys have seen so far?
1: Yeah. uh, He's a, you mean to tell me that he he's an actual quarterback that can, that can throw the ball. I mean, that's, That's really all you can really glean from the first couple days of training camp. I think people need to to realize and understand that we haven't put pads on, and Sam's not going to get hit the entire time he's in training camp anyway, okay, until we get into preseason games and we're going against other teams. He's not going to get hit, and, you know, he's standing back there with, you know, three, four, five seconds to throw, um, and I think he's shown what everybody wants to see through through these, what what you could possibly take from these training camp practices that are basically seven on sevens, and then when you get into the eleven on elevens, while it is eleven on eleven and the the defensive line is going against the offensive line, there is no pads. They're not they're not going full on, you know, one v one or anything like that. So, I would say I've been pleasantly surprised not pleasantly surprised but just optimistic with with the reports that have came out. You know like you said he has thrown interceptions um, but every quarterback that we've ever had in camp stone interceptions came through interceptions and every you know Patrick Mahomes throws interceptions in in training camp it's it, like you said Matt if if we weren't picking somebody off i would be worried about the defense not the other way around so um going forward you know as we go into week 2 we start to put the pads on you know it's going to say a lot about uh, Sam and i think the real telltale signs will be when we do go against the Ravens and we do go against the the Colts in joint practices, You know that's going to be the reports that you should take stock in, but still take it with a grain of salt because he is learning a new system. He's brand new here. He's still finding timing with these receivers. I mean, Joe Brady you know, and Matt Rule have said multiple times that this is a timing offense. They want to hit the receivers in stride with good timing. So getting that timing down with a, a new crop of receivers is, is not something that you can just roll out of bed and do. I don't care who you are, it takes time to develop and, 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 and move forward. And the more reps that Sam gets with these guys, I think the more comfortable he'll be. And the highlights that he has made, I mean, that throw to Omar Bayless was, you know, ridiculous. The He's had a couple crazy good throws to, to DJ um, and Terrace. So um, I'm excited still. I haven't uh, seen anything through one week that's going to make me uh, turn, turn my thoughts negative towards Sam. I, I think he's right where we thought he would be. I think he's right where Matt Rule and the coaching staff want him to be. And like Matt Rule said uh, last week when, which really got overblown on Twitter. I mean, me, Wes, and Matt all talked about it. It, the, 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 The tweet that got taken, that took Matt Rule's comments way out of text. If you go back and listen to what Matt Rule said about wanting Sam to be the first one in, the last one out, and you know, we have vets on there to be a leader. I would challenge everybody. If you think that was a shot at Sam, go back and listen to the original Matt rule uh, conversation because Sam has been the first one there every single day of this camp. And from all aspects, I think Matt rule is happy with where he is. So, Yep. I was
2: going to bring up that quote when we, uh, uh, with Sam. And, and I think when, when, when the quote first came out, the guy that that quoted it, the tweet that was kind of making its rounds, I sent that tweet. In the group chat, and yeah. I was like, I was like, "Ooh, that doesn't that doesn't sound very good." I, is there some some trouble um, already in in rules' mind? But then I went back and found the full video, and that's not at all re- what what rule meant when he said it. If you listen, so that was that was a positive for sure. But um, overall, it, it nothing came out real all, all too positive. Nothing came out all too negative. And that's what you want in the first week of training camp. Um, the defense always, in my opinion, is, is more prepared to shine early, um, because of the playbook because of getting that chemistry. And, and especially when it's not a, a, an established chemistry, um, amongst quarterback and receivers. And and even with Robbie and, and Sam, it's been, it's been a while. So, uh, with that said, uh, I am ex- I'm still excited about Sam. No, nothing this week would have changed really at all. Change would have changed that even if there was a whole lot of picks it's, it's week one. So still remain optimistic there. Um, and ready to see what, what happens once we put on pads.
0: Yeah. Nobody's made any jokes so far about him seeing ghosts out there. So um, that's at least a little, <laughs> a little uh, uh, positive uh, out of the situation. Um, moving on a little bit. I mean, we, we like with Sam, um, I mean, he had a couple of nice throws and videos that have been put out there. I know Joe Person um, posted a video, um, or maybe Josh Klein, uh, of the deep touchdown pass to Omar Bayless uh, that he had against uh, JC, and then the ball was placed perfectly. But just seeing throws like that, you know, it's encouraging. I mean, I know these are throws that info quarterbacks should make, but after the last, you know, couple seasons of you know overthrown deep balls or no deep balls thrown at all, that's uh, encouraging to see, at least for, uh, from my point of view.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing I, you know, I, I had meant to say and I didn't. Was it's just nice to see a, a quarterback that's willing to to put the ball in those spots, put the ball down the field, and and, and take the shots over the top. Um, I think we all know who I'm talking about when I I talk about the reverse of that, but um, like Joe Brady and Matt rule have said over and over again, I think the thing to take and the thing that they're working on with Sam is making him realize that this is the best offense he's ever been on. Okay. He's got the most talent around him that he's ever had and that he doesn't have to be the guy on day one and, 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 you know, make every single play, like you check the ball down to the CMC, you know, take, take your, your, your check down routes, don't force anything, and, you know, I thought it was interesting when, when Rule was talking, um, to the WFNZ guys, I was actually listening the other morning, he was talking about, you know, right now, we're just focused on getting, you know, the system down, and, you know, the protection calls and all that stuff, you know, and he's talking about like two, three years down the road, then Sam's going to be that guy that, you know, it's just second nature. I thought that was an interesting comment to take that they already are talking about two and three years down the road with the system. You know, that, that was just, you know, I think you, if you had questions about, you know, if the coaching staff believes that they made the right move that, you know, through the first week of training camp, at least they haven't shown us anything to think that this is just a temporary fix or a band-aid. So I think that they believe in Sam and from an athletic profile standpoint and a QB measurable standpoint, I think Sam is everything that you want in a QB. And, you know, it's just, can he put it together between his ears at this moment? And, you know, time is all that'll say on time is all that'll tell on that. So um, like I said, when we get into these joint practices and these preseason games and, and the bullets start flying for real, then, then, you know, we can start being critical or, or, or whatever, but not too much. You can, criticized through,
0: you know, five days of camp so far. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time this guy's been around a competent NFL coaching staff with actual NFL weapons. So give it a couple, give it some time a little bit, see, you know, let the guy progress. Um, But those are things that you want to hear out of Matt rule uh, when talking about the quarterback here and Sam, I mean, we got to keep in mind, this is his fourth year in the league he's going into his fourth season and and, you know he's still young i mean like he was younger than a lot of the guys in this draft class this year so 23 yeah Yeah, these things to keep in mind this is the the stuff that you want your coaching staff to say about your potential franchise quarterback going forward. I and mean, we got, like I said, you got to keep this in mind. Um, you know, every quarterback in his class went through growing pains. I mean, Josh Allen didn't become, you know, what he was last season, you know, just at, you know a flip of a switch. I mean, he, they, they put Stefan Diggs in that offense and Cole Beasley, you know, stepped up, you know, out of the slot. It's just you know, more and more stuff to, to help the quarterback out. And plus they built that defense up, in defense from the ground up i mean those all those things add up and that's what sam's come into a situation here uh you know you go from having you know jameson crowder as your number one receiver to having dj moore and he gets his you know buddy robbie back so things to keep in mind you know, when you're looking at, at expectations and you know what what you want to see out of your quarterback moving forward
2: yeah and and Allen is a great example because, I mean, you look at what he had early on, he had an okay defense and really no great weapons. And, and, and you're putting Sam in with what I would argue is a we've, we've talked about a top 10, arguably possibly a top five defense in the league uh, with the best weapons he's ever had. I mean, that's, that is the recipe to do exactly what Allen did and take that next step in your career. So that's exciting. Um, But we can talk more about those weapons.
0: Right. That's exciting. <laughs> speaking of, of weapons, there's probably – this isn't going to be anything that's uh, you know crazy or groundbreaking or anything that's going to you know affect things moving forward, but there's probably a position battle lining up for that last receiver slot in Omar Bayless, Brandon Zilstra, and probably Keith Kirkwood. Um, there's a chance that Shai Smith – you know, he's either just going to factor in just special teams. I know he's gotten some reps at punt returner and kick returner hasn't looked too great. Uh, he, you know, did muff, uh, a couple punts. Um, I know Joe person did mention that there's a, uh, an opinion that he has that Shy may spend this year on the practice squad to let him develop. Um, but I think, um, you know, coming out so far that, you know, Omar Bayless has kind of been the guy that's, um, been getting a lot of attention so far, um, at winning that last spot or at least, you know, doing the things that, that last uh, off season before COVID and all that stuff happened. Um, you know, he was a guy that a lot of people were high on before his injury. Um, and it's nice to see him get out here on the field. And there's a video that was put out, you know, it's, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he knows how to get separation. And I believe it was a movie put on Troy pride. Um, and they said, you know, he's, you know, five yards open. Um, but just little things like that. I mean, this, like I said, this isn't something we're going to spend a lot of time on, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see his development. I think he's going to be one of those guys that, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he puts up 100 yards in a preseason game, you know, playing, you know, the second half of, of a game, you know, in week two when you start to see a lot of those guys get, get a burn. Um And then another position battle that that uh, you're looking at is his offensive line that we talked about. You know, Taylor Moten's getting some snaps at the left tackle. Um Greg Little's getting some snaps at the right tackle. Don't really know what to make out of that. Corey, I know that's your, uh, your favorite guy. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, though, like – you know, before we transition into the offensive line, I mean, I did want to say that I had completely, I hadn't forgot about Omar Bayless, but I had just kind of like forgotten about the training camp hype that he was last year. Yep. And then he carried it back over into this year. I mean, and I, you know, we start getting down to cut days and you know, you're picking, you know, are we keeping six receivers? Are we keeping five receivers? Like it's, I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings rooms because that is going to be a tough decision the way that these guys are, are showing out through one week of camp. I mean, all Omar Bayless does is get separation. And if he carries it over and puts, you know, two memorable preseason games together, he's going to be really hard to keep off of the, the active roster because, you know, that is – you know, that's two training camps in a row. He's done nothing but, but prove to you that he belongs. So, you know, and you, you talked about Shai Smith. Uh, I thought that you were correct. when we talked about it before, you know, or before training camp post draft that his way onto the the roster was punt returner. Um, And he did have that muff that I did see, but you listen to him too. And it's, he's, he's another one that he's getting separation. He's, you know, making catches that he's supposed to make. And it's like, you know, making it hard on these guys. And we know they love Brandon Zilstra for whatever reason, you know, I mean, and, and Keith Kirkwood's another guy who's flashed, but the guy uh, I think that we, we would be, you know, remiss without mentioning, because he's had a week is uh, Terrace Marshall. And, you know, our guy Wes over here, uh, I think he, he said he was gonna, he was gonna win that, you know, that, that third job, that number three job. And, you know, the way, some people talk about him, you know, he, it might be more than that. So he's had himself a week, uh, some athletic catches uh, in traffic, in space, uh, going up and getting the ball. So, I mean, that's exciting to see. I mean, you you want to see that from your second round pick in, in a rookie wide receiver making splash plays in week one. That's, that's big. Yeah, I'll –
2: I'll, I'll hop in as much as I'd like to go ahead and call myself right on Terrace. Um, it is only week one. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. hold off. All, we'll hold off all judgment. Um, but uh, when you've got somebody like Steve Smith, basically just backing up exactly what you said, um, I I'll pat myself on the back there a little bit. Um, for those of you who haven't, who didn't see it, Steve Smith was high praise for Terrace um, in a quote this week. So you love to see that out of your second round pick. Um, I've said it all along. First round talent just had the injury that 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 caused him to drop a little bit. Um, as far as Shai and, and Omar, I was a little off on my every year. There's a receiver, in my opinion, that is a, in my opinion that is that training camp darling, and, and I thought it was going to be Shai this year, and, and it's it's turning out to be Omar so far. So we'll see how that battle shakes out. And I mean, if unless he impresses enough at part returner, I don't see him winning a that one of those last roster spots in my opinion that that's shy it it, in if they see him using as as a punt returner uh the punt returner then I think he gets that last receiver spot just on that but otherwise they'll they'll make it work with someone else Mm -hmm. um but Robbie missed a few days with a sickness um but he's he's in now and and by all accounts looked great David Moore I didn't hear a lot of up or down about him, just a,
1: a few just catches here and drop, there. I that one drop he had is the only thing I've really heard out of David, David Moore. So. I, I, and even even with
2: David Moore being what he was in the, in the Seahawks offense, I just – going into it, you don't spend that second-round pick on Terrace without the hope of he's that third guy. And and that's that's been my where my money's been all along. So,
1: we'll see. I didn't realize how big that dude is. I mean, you saw, I saw a picture with him beside DJ, and I forget the other person, but he's a, that's a big dude. Like, I, I was shocked. He's Jack too. Yeah.
0: A lot of fantasy guys are saying that he'll be um, uh, a potential guy to lead our offense in touchdowns, as far as receiver group. Uh, uh, did somebody here say that
2: um, a <laughs> couple weeks, uh, maybe like what a month ago? I yeah. I, I, I forget. Uh, somebody might have. I don't know. Yeah,
1: on the show
0: don't know if we know what we're talking about or not write it down um, but it, so i'm interested to see how that plays out though but um, obviously we're all huge fans of omar obviously it dates back to last year not saying that he's going to turn out to be victor cruz but something to keep an eye on it's nice to see those undrafted guys come in and make a name for themselves so interested to see how that shakes out um, now transition over to offensive line now uh, you probably provide a little bit more insight with that but um Like I said, the big thing, Taylor Moten, the whole left tackle thing, it's not just all smoke. We're actually seeing him get snaps on the left side. They're rotating Brady Christensen and Greg Little in that right tackle spot. Um, But so far in camp, you're looking at, it's been uh, Cam Irving, uh, Pat Eflon, Paradis, John Miller, and uh, Taylor Moten on the right side and then they've just been rotating guys in there. And, honestly, this is something we talked about before camp, and this was the Matt Rule guy he just kept talking about, but I haven't heard Dennis Daly's name uh, in camp so far.
1: No. And, again, you know, I want to sit here and say you, you, can't, you can't glean too much off of offensive line play when they don't have pads on, okay? Yeah. Um, and I can tell you as from playing offensive line, there is no drill, I hate more than going one-on-one versus DN when he doesn't, ha- when I don't have pads on and he doesn't have pads on. Okay, I mean, it's, it's so slanted towards the defensive line that it's not even funny. You know I mean, if you, if you think there's not holding on every play in the NFL, you're wrong. If you, you grab those pads and if you don't have anything to grab onto, it, it, it's really slanted. So um, I'm gonna keep and hold off any sort of judgments until I see them with pads on. Now, the interesting thing is like we talked about on this show before the season started, Uh, what I said was, you know, kind of follow the money, okay, like, and that starting group so far has been Cam Irving at left tackle, Pat Elfline at uh, left guard, Paradis, Miller, Moten, okay, and like Matt said, you know, we have seen uh, when Taylor Moten does slide over to the left side and take reps, it is uh, Christensen at right with Greg Little uh, behind him, so, um it's just something to monitor. Um, I think that, I, again, I listened to WFNZ pretty much every morning and they had an interview with Taylor Mote and they said that he'd been working on his footwork exclusively on the left side for the past four months. So, um, I mean, I think he knew it was coming. I think the staff has, you know, tried to, I don't want to say they ever let the cat out of the bag, but I think once that snowball started to roll down the hill of, of could he be tried out on the left side, I think there was no stopping it. and and you see that this is a real thing, and my only hope is that if it is a real thing, that they commit to it and let him settle in at that spot and, and stop this back and forth stuff. Um, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it, okay? So put him over there if, if that's what you want to do, because if, if you know, and again, I'm trying to give the staff a little bit of, you know, a bit of the doubt, because again, like I said, they don't have pads on, but, um, and if nobody else steps up, then, you know, roll with it because if he is your best left tackle and on the team, like I said, you know, before all the training camp started was if he's your best left tackle. You're going to pay him that money. Might as well put him there. So, um, I know how good he is at right tackle. And if he can be even close to the left tackle that he is a right tackle, it's a no brainer for me, move him there, let him settle in. Let's let, uh, Christensen or, or Trent Scott or whoever it may be, battle it out on the right side, and I think you know that'll be the best combination of the offensive line that we can have. I don't like splitting Taylor, Taylor Moten and Johnny Miller up. They're a, a great tandem on that right side, but you know I think if it makes your overall line better, just make the switch, man, and, and, and let's call it a day. Let's let's go let's, let's let's go into this these first couple of preseason games and. You know, the first couple of uh, games of the season with him as the left tackle on that line, solidified and let them jail Because as we've mentioned, again, on this show, I keep, we keep bringing it up. You know, we've talked about this all before. We have got to get off to a hot start. Our schedule has a bunch of winnable games in the front half, and it gets real tough at the end. So we got to make our hay early, and it starts up front on that line. So get Sam confidence early, protect him early, and, and we'll see what shakes out.
2: Yeah.
1: And go ahead, Matt.
0: I, I was just going to say things get real interesting on that right side. If they do move Taylor to the left, and then you're looking at the competition. Like you mentioned, Corey, uh, Trent Scott, Greg little, uh, Brady Christensen. I mean, those are probably the three names that you're going to hear more and more on that right side. Now in y'all's opinion, do you think that having a Johnny Miller at right guard and bringing in a brand new right tackle or somebody who hasn't played that position that, that, that much in Brady and Greg, um, do you think having somebody like a John Miller next to him helps make that transition easier? Or you think that's, you know, having that veteran? It has to. Think,
1: yeah. That's nothing. That's going to do nothing but benefit that person. You know, you don't want to put two rookies on one side, you know, in, you know, in the trenches together. I mean, having Johnny Miller, a proven veteran um, and a guy who's been in the system that that rookie can, you know, lean on and, and, you know, Hey, you know, real quick, you know, you, he's going to make the calls, for him and you know having those little phrases and little code words that you know whatever it may be on that right side to kind of direct a, a new rookie or, or like if it is Christiansen or if it is trent scott you know it's two veterans so um you know having that solid piece of there on the right side is is going to do nothing but benefit whoever it might be yeah and
2: i was gonna uh i, I didn't know if anybody was going to share this take but i was gonna going to come on and say that it's starting to look like, I think we're going to open the season with, with Moden at left tackle as, as much as we've all kind of said, we just wanted to leave the right side alone and really from center center, right guard, right tackle. I I wanted to leave alone, let, let that side be strong and just figure out the left side, have two guys, have, have a battle of five or six guys for those two spots. Whoever wins it, wins it. Um, But I think, like you said, uh, they're going to roll out the best line they have. And I think that's probably going to end up being with Moten at left tackle. Um, you're going to have uh, right now it's elf line at, at left guard. I think you're going to get some competition there. Uh, whether that be Brown, whether that be more, whether that be even Dennis Daly. Um, and then I think left tackle, you've got or right tackle. Sorry. You've got Greg um, Little, Brady Christensen and Trent Scott three guys that are very capable of winning that job. I think uh, a couple of those you probably probably would have never won the left tackle job, but are are, are capable right tackles. So I, th- I think and, – and then you've got Cam Cam Irving that, that could also win uh, a spot somewhere in that equation. So really I just want to see Elfline not have a starting job is what I want to see come out of that.
0: Yeah, most likely I think you're seeing Irving probably slide to left guard because – correct me if I'm wrong, but he's, his, his money is more than any of the other offensive linemen that we signed this off season.
2: Yeah. I want to say it was like six mil.
0: Yeah. So I I think he performed better at guard than he did tackle uh, last year as well. So, you know, making that one small adjustment, you know, helps line, you know, much more. I mean, even if you put somebody like, you know, Deontay Brown next to Moten and in between, you know, Moten and Paradise or somebody like a David Moore steps up or Cam Irving, I mean, those things right there, they start to get interesting. Um, But we've just had so so much trouble, dude, out of that left side. I mean, it's just been one year after another, you know, one body after another. Um, But I don't think this is a short-sighted move. Like you said, Corey, Um, you know, this is something he's been working on for a while and they've scouted Brady for a couple of years now. So that's not somebody that they just, you know, started scouting, um, you know, during this past year with Zach Wilson. So um, they know what he's good at and they know where he best fits in. And he's an athletic guy. Um, His footwork is, is is what's really good. Um, You know, a mobile six foot five, you know, tackle put down on the right side. I mean, I I think that's probably the most interesting position or or group, um, you know, to to follow during training camp, because that's where you're going to, you know, pay attention to, you know, what groups work, best together, um, you know, who fits well at what position. Um, that's just going to be something I'm going to keep my eye on. And, and obviously, hopefully we can get an answer for this and stop having a, a revolving door at these positions.
1: Yeah,
2: that's I best. mean – go ahead, sorry. With Moten and left, what, what's y'all's best guess and what you think it start? we start um, preseason game two with?
1: Preseason game two?
2: That, that's going to be the important one this year, right, because that's the yeah. we only
1: have yeah. two. So I'll say – uh it'll be if we start loading at left it'll be loading at left elf line left guard paradise center johnny miller and then i'm gonna say trent scott is gonna go ahead i mean you know as as much as we all want you know brady christensen or or god forbid greg little to 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 be that guy uh i think starting out like that's what they'll go with uh that's the most battle-tested group i think um I think the one thing that you can glean from these first week or two is they're going to have to earn it. Whoever it is is going to have to earn it when, with live reps uh, and to supplant one of these guys. So that's the line I think would would, would start out week two of preseason.
2: I've got Moten, um, Irving, Paradis.
1: You said Irving. Yep. instead of F
2: yeah, Irving instead of Elphine. I've Same thing as you. And then I've got uh, Trent Scott and Johnny Miller on that right side. And then I, I, like you said, I'd love to see Brady win it, but I think it's Scott to start
0: with. That probably sounds about right. I mean, I'm split. My head says Irving will be left guard, but my heart says Daily. I mean, at least just that's just my, you know, what I want. I don't know whether that happens. We'll see. Um, but I think it's probably what it is. Um, Moten, Irving, compared to Miller, Scott. And then, you know, uh, Brady pushing Scott or um, Daly pushing Irving, vice versa. But, I mean, somebody's got to make – somebody's got to step up here. I mean, you can't just have – you know, this is – you have the most competition in this group. We've talked about this over and over. Somebody has to step up. I mean, you can't just keep putting, you know – I hate to say this, but you can't keep putting shit on the offensive line and then having them compete against each other. And then, you know, hey, the one that just – he didn't look the worst out there. That's who ended up winning the job. Yeah, for it's sure. It's a good problem to
1: have. Yeah, it is. It is right now to have a good problem. It is a good problem to have. And like I said, this coming week is going to tell us a lot. You know, I hope that, you know, my man, John Ellis is out there filming these one-on-ones that are going to go down this week because these one-on-ones, when they start putting pads on, that's when you can, you know, hold again. You know, if, if Cram Irving's still out there getting made to look stupid by somebody, you can hold it against him with pads on, but until they put pads on, there's just, there's only so much evaluation you can do of an offensive lineman without pads on. I mean, you can, you look at his technique. um, But the main thing for this first week was just does, do they know where they're supposed to go? Do they know what the the protection calls are? Do they know what the, the, the scheme is per, for the play? I mean, that's really all you can take from this first week. we get into they, I think they put pads on tomorrow. So, Training camp bright and early tomorrow. Uh, we, we'll see when these one-on-one tapes start rolling out. You know, we'll see because uh, I hope that somebody does step up and, and stonewall somebody and, and, and say this job is mine. I really do. I, like I said, I want I want it to be Brady Christensen, really, really, really bad. Like I want it to be that guy. Um, but you know, hey, when it's, the pads are on. It's that's that's a whole different ball game. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. switching gears a little bit let's talk about the, uh, the defensive side of the ball um there hasn't been a lot of you know competition out there i mean everything's pretty much set in stone um at those positions i mean free safety is probably the one where um you can see a little bit of competition with sam franklin justin burris um i'm probably leaving somebody out
1: franklin's just a guy that won't go away
0: yeah apparently. yeah uh that's another matt rule guy but um so far, yeah. I mean, the defense has looked as expected. His defense has been good. I mean, Jeremy Chin picking up where he left off. He started um, Thursday in the seven-on-seven uh, seven drill with an interception and almost did the same thing on Friday. Uh, and he's gotten the attention of Denzel Perryman pretty quickly, uh, nicknamed him Baby LeBron or uh, South Beach LeBron, uh, as he's calling him. Um, but what are you guys' thoughts been on, on defense so far? I mean, so far, we've looked good. Um, I know, like I said, it's kind of hard to you know get a good gauge on the defense without pads, and especially the defensive line, which we're very excited about. Um, I think starters opened up what it was: um, Burns on the right side, um, Reddick, DaQuan, and was I, am I, who am I missing? Yeah, it was
1: they, they, well from from what Darren Gant said, the the base defense was like a three-four look with um reddick burns you two outside liars then it was fox daquan and um brown and then i forget what the the secondary was Chen, burris dante and jason
2: yeah and and to me to have reddick fox Derek, and um burns on the on on the field at the same time just that's nasty that's a nasty front yeah. I mean, I mean, you, obviously, Daquan and is is good and and just, but that is just so much pass rushing ability
1: there. Yeah, I think you know, for me, I think that you know, Etor, my man, Gross Montes, I think that he's going to make some noise, and I think he's going to end up supplanting Fox. You're going to have Fox coming off the bench. Personally, Um same. I think. That kid, man. If he if he would have stayed healthy last year, I think we would have been talking about him more as a in more of a starting role than, than what we are. Um, and from the early looks of it, you know, just from what you can tell, uh, he looks every bit as if if athletic and, and looks like he's gained a little bit more mass. So uh, it's going to be. I hope he's hungry because that's going to be that's going to be a, a beast of a defensive line right there. And, you know, we're only going to be in that base defense so much, it's going to be more nickel, which is the way of today's NFL. But uh, that's like, like you said, Wes, that is an exciting, exciting, nasty defensive front to, to, to roll out there.
2: Yeah. And, and uh, e- Etor has the, the talent edge over Fox. Fox is that the veteran he's, he's proved it. I think if, if Etor can prove it and, and win that job, that's even scarier. And and like, like on the depth on the offensive line side, we said it's a good problem to have those that talent trying to 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 for those spots.
0: Yeah, Phil Snow's system yeah. you know has a lot to do with with giving different looks. I mean, you look back at that Green Bay game and, and how you know how much his schemes gave Aaron Rodgers fits. And and Aaron Rodgers talked about in this post-game press conference of that. But now you give somebody who has a lot of athletes and a lot of speed and a lot of power and a combination of all of those and you give him more weapons to, to use on those schemes, I mean, dude, the, the possibilities on this defense are, are, are endless with the combinations. I mean, even somebody like Keith Taylor um, that's been thrown out there at corner of the rookie, uh, long, athletic, I mean, he's he's had a good camp so far.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, like, you look at guys like Burns, you look at guys like Chan, Derek Brown, um, Jermaine Carter, even, like, you know, this is year two in a system, you know, and we started to see – at the end of last year, that they really started to click a little bit. They started to get it. You know, you started to see more impressive defensive outings, and that's what you wanted to see. Now you're in year two. You know the system. You know where you're supposed to be at all times. It becomes a little bit more second nature, and you can just react. And that's what defensive is. You know, it's it's reacting to to what the offense is giving you and, and going at it 100 miles an hour. And it's exciting to 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 see the pieces and young pieces. Pieces, pieces that are going to be here for the next five, six, seven years and grow to build together. If there's a def- if there's a side of the ball that I'm I'm most excited about, it's definitely the defense. And you can just see through a couple of days of camp, you know those 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 players making plays like Jeremy Chin. You all you hear is just Jeremy Chin makes this play, Jeremy Chin makes that play, and that's just exciting because he can just you know react and, and he's growing to his role, whatever that may be. They're going to move him all over the field and. You know, even for JC Horn, I mean, this guy has already got a pick. Uh, he's looking like every bit of, I mean, he looks like the best corner we've ever drafted, just from an athletic standpoint, already in week one. Some people say, oh, well, he got burnt on this play. And he got burnt on that play. It's one-on-ones, man. Like, the quarterback's got no pressure in their face all day to throw. These are NFL wide receivers. In that situation, anybody's going to get burnt. Rashad Bateman just burnt Marlon Humphrey the other day, like last night. You know, so don't – you know you can't only take so much from that, man. Like Everybody's going to get that play. But what you can take from is if you already see him making plays this early in camp, that's what you want to see from your first-round pick. If it's weekend, he's already making PBUs, he's already picking passes off, he knows where he's supposed to be, and he's getting those first-team reps, and it, it's not getting given to a veteran over him. That's what you want to
0: see. You, you look at that, every position group on defense has, like, an attitude and swagger to them. Um, you look at the defensive backs, you have, you know, Dante, Chin, you have uh, JC, you move a linebacker, you got Denzel, um, you have uh, Jermaine, I mean, even Shaq, for example. Uh, and, and then um, – you know, with defensive line, I mean, that's just you know, that's Burns, that's Reddick, that's you know, they're just guys that talk, guys that are going to bring that energy, and that's what we talked about. We can get that to the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, and and we'll see who steps up and be that and, and is that guy on offense. But, um, that's just another thing about why I'm so excited about the defense and just you know, having just that that nastiness, um, that swagger, that attitude that you know, I'll, we'll talk a little shit and we'll hit you in the mouth. I mean, you know, that's what you want,
2: I mean, and that's and, and I also think that, that a couple of them guys are, are playing with chips on their shoulder. Burns gets no respect. And, and, and I think, I mean, he probably noticed it a little bit, but I think it's, it's gaining more and more, more traction and notice with like the the Madden rankings coming out and, and all this other, all this other shit, all these lists, all these top 10 lists, and he's getting left off time and time and time again. And, I mean, he's taking notice. He's got a chip on his shoulder and, and I'm excited to see him. Uh, I mean, and then JC, even, JC's getting disrespected. His Madden, his Madden rankings were less than certain's. Yeah.
1: Like, he's come
2: first on, come on now. And, and so I, I think these are all guys that, that, that take stuff like that and turn it into motivation. So that's that I, I like that about, about these guys. And the one thing that I I'll be watching with the defense is, is when they went to nickel, it was, they noted that uh, Jermaine got the nod as the second linebacker with Shaq over Denzel. So uh, that's just something that I was noting. And, Um, just, just thought, found that interesting.
1: Yeah, that is surprising because, you know, Perryman, I I thought for, if I'm not mistaken, he was known as a pass coverage linebacker more so than a run stuffer. So I was surprised by that, but I did want to say about the defensive line too, like looking at Daquan and Brown, who are you going to double team? I mean that—that's a load. Both of them are, are, are men. Those are big dudes. Like, and with that, you got the, that
2: and you've got the speed on the outside. So with all right. those guys across there, there's not one that you can just pick and say, I'm, "We're going to double
1: team that one," because someone
2: else is going to hurt you.
1: Absolutely. And we go back. You know, we talk we talk about all these names like YGM, Fox, uh, even you know Davion Nixon. You know, we'll see what he is once the pads come on a little bit more. Um, you know. We, It's we're going back to 2013, 2015, not so much 2015, but 2013 when we had that platoon of guys that were always fresh coming in off the bench, and that that's what you want at at the defensive line is to be able to rotate those big bodies, keep them fresh when the fourth quarter rolls around. You've got a lead, you can say, all right, you know, just go go get them and just release them. And so having that platoon of guys is is so big, and it's so nice to finally have young upcoming athletes on the defensive side of the ball and guys that can get after the passer, because I I know that like, we've had, you know, very solid defenses, you know, the better part of a decade, but we had to, we've, we've been having to manufacture sacks for the past, what, five years. And what I mean by manufacturing sacks is, you know, having to bring blitzes to get to the quarterback, having to, you know, bring more people than the offensive line can block. When you can get pressure up front with your four guys, that's when magic starts to happen on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that we finally have a group of guys that are going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback, and we're not going to have to bring these blitzes all the time to to generate sacks. And that's a big step in becoming an elite defense is having those guys, those horses up front that that don't need a blitz to get to the quarterback.
0: Yeah, player development—that's a big, a big thing, and that's something that we, you know, kind of got away from there for a little while. But you look back at those teams, like you mentioned, Corey, we had a, uh, we built that defense up, and, you know, in Ron's era, um, you know, and the defensive line was, you know, at times were, you know, a, a staple when we drafted Guan um, when we drafted Star, um, Star mm. was, uh, Star was pivotal in turning that, that, um, the run defense around. Um, you know, just adding him in there, and then you look at, you know, the development, you know, guys like Mario Addison. Um, that, you know, just, he, he played special teams, uh, you know, for the early part of his career. I mean, he would come in like third down and just be a speed rusher. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, for all of Greg's personal stuff, I mean, I love Greg as a football player. I mean, and, and and what he brought to that 2013 team. I mean, and then you saw a 2014, you know, how things start to fall off when you just took away what 13, 14 sacks, uh, you know, for a year.
2: Yeah. he was electric
0: to watch so much fun. Yeah, and that's another thing, though. Like, like I said, personal opinion of him and his personal life, you know. Okay, so be it. Um, but on the field, you know, having you know that attitude, that that personality, um, you know, those are things that that help a, a defense or help a football team um, when you can have that guy who will get in your face and not back down. I mean, the clip of him and Matt Ryan, you know, the infamous, you know, get the fuck off of our field. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the stuff that you know, as a fan, that you you want you know, that attitude around your football team, especially your it's, defense.
1: It's big. It's big, you know, like like going back to those years, you knew, like, you know, if you're in the final two minutes and the opposing offense is, you know, trying to make a drive, you knew that Greg was going to do something. He was going to make a play. He was going to make a sack or, you know, he's going to get in the quarterback's face regardless and make it hard on him. And we haven't had that in a while. And now we have two of them in, in Reddick and Burns. And then if, you know, with Brown having, you know, big Daquan over there next to him, I mean, you might start to see some of that, you know, true three technique that that everybody wanted, you know, that, that more Fletcher Cox role where he's rushing the passer, pushing the pocket, you know, when he's not got double teams and triple teams on, on him, you know? So I, I'm just, man, this defense is going to be something to watch and I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, like you said, to, to be able to see Derek do some pass rushing this year. Um and, and when you – with the pass rushers we have around him, it's just going to be so much fun to watch. And I feel like he wasn't freed up to do that last year. But uh, another interesting thing to watch, I feel like, is who ends up at nickel for the first two games with Bouye suspended. Um, and you mentioned Keith Taylor having a good camp, but I'm not really sure he, he really profiles as a nickel. So, what like, what do you they, guys think?
1: And they straight up said that Keith Taylor was, like, your true true outside corner. So, I don't I – don't, I mean – yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't want to take a swing at it right now. See what mean, Could could you see
2: Taylor outside and and Dante coming inside for for the first couple of weeks if Taylor really proves that he he is good or, or or do you see some weird some weird things happen with with I, uh with like even even Chin? I don't know. We're not deep enough at safety. We're not deep enough at safety to really do that. But
1: I think. I think like you listen to again, and and the coaching staff was kind of open with what they felt about Dante, and they were asked about you know if you're going to move him inside to to nickel, and they said that he they he seems kind of like a liability in tackling, and they really value being able to tackle from your nickel position. So I don't see a scenario where they want to move Dante inside to a nickel because you know they need their nickels to tackle. So. Some like you said, Wes. Some kind of weird combination where that three safety look with Sam Franklin, Burris, and then Chen. Uh, I mean, that's you know, if you're just you know treading water for the first couple of weeks until Boye gets back. I mean, then so be it. Uh, but somebody's gonna have a chance to earn a spot, you know, because of that suspension. So. Yeah,
2: I, I just don't love that with the the safety depth already lacking. It's it's just oh, no, absolutely it's, you're, you're lacking talent there in the secondary as, as it is. And to have to play two of those those safeties that, that just you really only don't really want to have to rely on one of them on every down to have to start to rely on two is that's our one spot of weakness. And just to magnify it there, just that's tough.
1: Well, you really hope the defensive lines putting the quarterback on their ass so much that you don't really need the. Well, I mean, week one
2: against the Jets, I I expect I expect Wilson to be on his ass all game long.
0: Yeah, I mean, their offensive lines battling injuries already. So, I mean, that's something I've been following in camp and kind of pay attention there, Um, you know. Dante won't move inside like Corey was saying they've been very adamant that they're worried about his tackling and that's why the whole AJ thing is they brought him in here specifically to play inside because they feel like you know he's a little bit bigger better tackler not the liability Dante's more of a true corner has the speed, um, obviously he can make the plays, um, you know it's kind of been his downfall in the past boom or bust, um, but I, Dante's not going to move inside. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I don't know if it's something like where, you know, with Stanley Thomas Oliver steps up and, you know, is thrown into that nickel position for the first two weeks. Um, I don't see them – like, Keith Taylor's long and athletic. He's going to stay on the outside. JC's not moving. He's going to stay on the outside. Um, that's going to be
2: – I Troy Prize outside, too. I don't see him coming yeah, I mean, inside.
0: Yeah, I mean – and. I don't really see – that's going to be a competition battle. I mean, that's somebody that could step up and win a a job, you know, for the first two weeks. Um,
1: I do – I do want to say, though, like what you were saying, Matt, about I am excited to know that Bouye was brought in here to be the nickel. I think that that is a perfect spot for him, you know, somebody who who has been successful uh, on the outside, but is a vet guy who's smart because your nickel – you've got to be smart. You've got to, you know, understand coverages and concepts – uh, inside with a lot going on and be able to tackle and that is a huge strength of his has has been tackling so that's that was exciting to me when I found out okay that is the plan for AJ Boyes to have him as the nickel like that I like that a lot even yes. though you know two two weeks in we'll, we'll get to see it
0: but yeah I mean and it's not going to kill us I mean that's the good thing I mean because by all accounts, it seems like for whatever reason in the world that the New Orleans Saints are going to start Taysom Hill over Jameis um, this season. So that's Zach Wilson, a rookie quarterback in his first game, Week One, and then that's uh, a uh, gadget quarterback, tight end without Michael Thomas. Without Michael wait. Thomas, yeah, yeah, um,
2: without Michael Thomas. Why did he wait so long to get that surgery? I still have not heard an answer on that. But even even his coach was was a little annoyed in an interview. Uh, about how long the, it took for the surgery to happen.
0: Why does Sean Michael Payton know anything? Sean
1: Payton's annoying, really.
0: Yeah, the, the whole organization. I don't think Sean Payton has a has the right to nitpick what anybody does. But um, I, I don't know what what the Saints' plan is. I don't know if they have one. I don't. They're just following to Deshaun Watson. Maybe going to bring him in and have him play safety like he is in Texans' uh, training camp so far. Um, I don't really don't know what's going to happen. Um, but that, that's that's. Michael thing. Thomas
1: – Michael Thomas sees the writing on the wall. He's not got, you know, a little, little breezy back there, going to throw these five, six-yard routes to him anymore. He's not going to get 130 catches a year anymore. So he's like, They're gearing
0: it? up. New Orleans, I think, is gearing up to be run-heavy focused here in the first couple of weeks of the season because, you, you look, if they go taste him, then you're going to get him probably 10 carries a game. Um, they just signed Devontae Freeman, and that's after having Kamara and – uh, Latavius, so you you may see Kamara line up more uh, out wide, um, but I think that's probably what they're leaning towards. I mean, Devontae may not make it through camp. I mean, that's he could be a you know a camp casualty and get cut. Uh, I haven't seen the contract figure, so I don't know what it is. But I think if you're looking at New Orleans, the smart money is that they're probably going to look to be run heavy at least early on in the season.
2: It'd be the most it'd be the most Saints thing ever to end up with with Deshaun before week one somehow. I just somehow.
1: I speak that into the existence. Man. But, at, so, so you get Deshaun though. Okay. Who's there? Who are their starting receivers right now?
0: Um, I, I got to pull that out. Traquan Smith. And. I feel like I'm forgetting a, maybe a pretty obvious one, but Traquan Smith is definitely going to be one.
1: I know Adam Troutman's a starting tight end. Where's Jared Cook these days? He went to oh he, he left, but I don't I'm forgetting up the top name. Yeah, he didn't go
0: back to Green Bay, did he? I think he went to Los Angeles huh. Rams. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right.
1: I could be wrong. I I, I know he's not there anymore. I, they cut him and Josh Hill aren't on the team anymore. It's Troutman. That's Wait, it. Wait, this
0: this is what you have to do when you you know you. Manipulate the, the cap, and then somehow they just signed Prince and Luke Amara and somebody else. Well, uh,
1: either yesterday. way, I'm basking this because you know they're gonna make me eat my words and somehow go, you know, 11 and six or something like that. But God, I hope i hope week, too. I just want to, I hope hey. Matt just beats them, breaks off.
2: Y'all ready for this wide receiver room? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm Michael Thomas, who's on the pup. Yep. Traquan Smith. He's alright. Marquez Callaway. Okay. De- Deontay Harris. Okay. Juwan Johnson. Ooh. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan. <laughs> Tommy. Lil
1: Jordan.
2: Tommy Lee Lewis. Oh my god. And, and Jalen McClessy.
0: Okay, so
1: we finally this- found the the wide receiver room that the Jets are better than.
0: Yeah. So, so here you go. So, if you're a fantasy football player, uh, my words of advice is to take Alvin Kamara within the first three picks of this draft.
1: They're gonna be feeding that boy, <laughs> and, and good, uh, he's and like you said, he's got, got to paid. play
2: some slot. He's got to play some play some slot at this point with that with that receiver room.
0: I mean, Freeman can catch the ball too. So, I mean, you're gonna put them two on the field. I mean, is that what you're gonna try to do? You're gonna try to have them. You know have. Are you putting taste put Taysom at tight end and got some, 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 in there a little bit?
2: Some running backs with questionable hands, catching a, a, just, tight in, a tight end quarterback,
1: a I just tight want to end be, quarterback. I want to be on the sidelines week two when, you know, we take the lead early and it's just, uh, you know, bloodbath. And I want to look at Matt Rule and do the old remember the Titans running up, Matt, leave no <laughs> doubt. Um,
2: also, Nick, Nick Vanette is their starting tight end with Troutman as the backup.
0: Oh man, I mean it's rough. But if, you know, hey, let's see what happens. Yeah, uh, I mean, but they've got they, ramp,
2: They've got ram check. Block.
0: They're 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 due for it. I hope I hope that they just get the Sam How sweepstakes next year, and boy, do not. Do not do it. <laughs> and then he, he turns out to be what me and West think he is.
2: He, he, he is who we thought he was. That's, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ready to say that. I, I am so ready. Give, give me a, another two years from now, and I'm going to come on here and say he is who we thought he was. Well, when he's holding that, he's going to win the Heisman this year. People are going to find out just, just how much he relied on those weapons. He lost his weapons. He's going to be trash. All right, We'll see
0: uh uh we we got off track i don't even know where we were at we, we, we somehow transitioned from nickel quarterback for us to how the new orleans saints have no weapons and they're playing a 31 year old former six-year collegiate quarterback uh former tight end former running back at quarterback
1: does he know how bad his contract is though
0: like if you're him, no. But I mean, like you know, he he's like, oh, I just got a job. and I'm gonna make twenty five million, and you know, I might not have a job tomorrow, and might not get paid tomorrow, but at least I'm getting that money.
2: Yeah, he's got to know that at any point they're just gonna yeah they're just gonna decide it's over. And
0: how would they talk him into that? Is what I'm trying to figure out.
2: Because he knew it was he knew just how bad it was, and he had already made a little bit. He had already made enough from it, so it's just like okay. And and I I imagine from doing it. Some of that got turned into signing bonus. He's like, "Sure, I'll take this up. Some of this up front."
0: Yeah, make uh, make minimum as a backup tight end, or let me go ahead and make twenty five million dollars. Even though I can get cut tomorrow, I'll make a. I'll sign a hundred million dollar contract. He's I mean, how dumb is it?
1: He's got. The- if anything, you know, if anything bad happens with the Saints, he's got a job and a future as Troy Aikman's love child. So it's all that matters. He's
0: set. He's going to be okay. Do the Falcons finish ahead of the Saints this year?
2: Ooh. I They'll find a way. Some Arthur way.
1: Smith is Arthur a hell of a coach,
2: I think. The, the, I, think the, I mean, I think the Saints find a way to figure it out, get it done. Just in Saints fashion, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Falcons are going to be pretty bad.
0: I thought Arthur Smith was – I think the report was he was trying to get back to you know, running the football a little yeah. bit more down there. I mean, so that's good for Mike Davis, but um, either way, the, the, those two teams are a few years away. We're, we we started our rebuild at a right time. I mean, albeit terrible circumstances, you know, all the way around, but um, we were ahead of the head of the curve. Um, Tampa's run is going to be over with in a couple of years. I mean, Brady's got. I still don't understand. Like they got to be facing some type of um, penalties for the whole Brady playing on a torn MCL for his entire season and that not getting put on the the injury report.
2: Yeah, they they there's been mentioned. My guess is a draft pick and a fine if, if I had to guess. But there's there's been people mentioning that they would they pay, face possible discipline.
1: I have not a single bad word to say about Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> at,
2: at the end of the day, if, if that helps it, if you think it gives you the competitive edge, they'll trade. They'll trade that draft pick and, and a fine for that Super Bowl all day long. Absolutely. I would. so Sorry.
0: Uh let's just close this out with Joey Sly. <laughs> I think that that's where we're at right now. But went five for six last night, missed a missed a 48 yarder. Uh, I think we all are in grants that um we're ready to move on from from the swole sly era. Um, but hopefully the, the accuracy issues improve a little bit and um he gets it straightened out. We're just tired, at least me personally, I'm tired of you know the missed extra points and the missed 50 yarders eventually. Um those are things that have bit us in the ass before Uh, when you're trying to take that next step to go from, you know, what, five wins to, uh, you know, nine, 10, uh, those three points, how many games were we we in last year that was decided by one score or less like eight? Yeah. Um,
1: We we were in 13, one score games last year. We won five of them and we lost eight.
0: Yeah. So it, it comes down to that. You, those are, he missed, well, albeit it was like a, almost a 70-yard field goal against Kansas City. Yeah, i am
1: um, put that on yeah. a little bit.
2: But. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but Matt, he can kick it 70 yards. What, like, well, who cares about accuracy?
1: That's the thing, and you said it perfectly, Matt. Like, when it comes to an NFL quarterback, especially with the way they move – or, sorry, NFL kicker, especially with them moving the extra points back, like, I just want to – you know, you don't have to be, you know, Justin Tucker out there kicking 65-yard field goals, like, they're nothing or anything like that. Just make your extra points and make your inside fifty yarders. That's all I ask. Yeah, just and you be should mo- be able to do that. Like be money a- from forty-five in. Just right, right, and make your extra points.
0: Yeah, anything above For fifty. Love God, make
1: your extra points. Like, it, come on, man.
0: Extra points should be a, like a ninety-eight percent conversion. You know, unless you're blocked, honestly, like you should not miss extra points. Um, you once you get above fifty yards. Uh, when it comes to field goals, I think then you're probably, you know, happy with 60-40. I think 50 is probably, um, you know, realistic. But, I mean, I'm taking 50-50. I'm happy with that. If you can be, like, a 90% kicker from, you know, 10 to 40 yards, I think anybody in the NFL would take 50-50 from 50 yards out. Right, 100%. I mean- <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Let's just go for two every time. I mean, with, um, it's not realistic, <laughs> but with the weapons that we have, you're not going to get an argu- uh, argument from me not to do that. We
1: don't have two-point plays, though. We, we we're not, have... Yeah, we're not pulling the John
0: Fox Super Bowl where we're running on the sideline holding up two when we shouldn't go to go We don't
1: to... practice in the red zone. Yeah, we don't
0: do that. Well, he made it out the jungle. <laughs> yeah, That's God, all I'm going to out. That he that made it out the jungle he when he threw it, three intercepts. Three interceptions yesterday. The
1: graphic made it even worse. Like that awful graphic that he like. I think you know the the one liners that came out of that were just so funny. He
0: put me in the jungle.
1: I'm like, man.
0: I'm so happy that he decommitted from Miami, and so that I don't have to. (laughs) I didn't have to worry about that now as I'm trashing him as a as a pro quarterback. (laughs) But
2: one one thing I want to throw in before we wrap things up. Uh, We did not mention. CMC, didn't see much about him, but as long as he's healthy, I don't care what happens in camp with him as, long can, as he's healthy.
1: Dude, they could put CMC in bubble wrap and keep him on the sideline for the rest of camp, and I would be completely fine. Like, yeah, I, don't yeah. care if he takes a, I don't care if he takes a rep the rest of training camp, and they just roll him out there week one and say, all right, big fella, you got it.
0: He got a couple reps uh, at punt returner. But you're not gonna see why? that during
1: this. No no
2: no,
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, no. You're you're not gonna see him just like you're not gonna see DJ there anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just to give the guys a break or somebody to, to, him to coach somebody up on you know technique or whatever the case may have been. But I, I did see that that was reported. that is
1: one thing though. I didn't mean I did want to mention. I came into the episode one to mention and I haven't got to mention. I don't know why I forgot about it. But from the from the early looks, you can start to see that DJ is becoming that that guy for Sam a little bit. I mean, I think in, from the team period stuff is DJ is getting a he's getting the looks from Sam. So,
2: and 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 DJ it's going to be DJ in my opinion between the twenties. I just want to see him step up and, and get those touchdowns. I, I really do. That's that's where I want to see him step up. And I've talked about it before. I just find it hard to pay him wide receiver one money without that. Well,
1: he, if You listen to the cut to it podcast with Steve Smith. He had DJ Moore on there a couple of weeks ago, and DJ said that was what's missing from his game. He said, I I need to get in the end zone more, point blank. I mean, so even he knows it. So
0: he also did say, too, about him being more vocal as well. He knew that he needed to, to kind of be that guy. Um, he said, you know, his, his first year as a rookie, and even his second year, he was just kind of more. Um, you know, laid back, not not that guy who's vocal. And he said, now the guys are starting to turn to him and, you know, ask for advice or you know, you know, try to try to help them um grow their game as well. So those are those are things that you want to see out of somebody to step up and be a potential leader um, and a guy who's your arguably number one wide receiver. But yeah,
2: and and back to CMC. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow. David Newton, but if you saw his picture of him reporting to camp, he came in a little thick. 6'3,
0: <laughs> 280. I believe is probably what that was. No offense to what <laughs> that guy actually was, but let me just say this. ESPN, <laughs> can you please hire another beat writer? I don't really know why this guy still has a job. I could say some things that I'm not going to. I will leave those to Twitter um because it involves Twitter and involves David Newton's Twitter, and I'm gonna leave that alone, but um, yeah, this guy's awful between the misspelling of players' names. Um, I, I don't know if he's just trolling at this point or he just doesn't care, or maybe he's did his job drunk. I don't It's
2: It's like the Bob Nightingale of, of, of baseball at this point. It's, 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 they have to be trying to be this bad, but,
1: uh, Yeah, I don't, I mean, he came from, an, I believe, I believe he came from NASCAR and he just lived down here. So says, kind of like, hey, you get the Panthers or whatever.
0: So it was the <laughs> Marty Smith, basically. <laughs>
1: Uh, Marty Smith's at least interesting and like ask competent, yeah, yeah, ask good questions. Like, like it'd be one thing if he was just, you know, negative or you know, I don't, I don't know what you want to say, but like he doesn't ask any questions. His questions that he asks are awful. His content he puts out is terrible. Like, has have you ever seen a David Newton insider piece or anything ever dropped? I mean, anything though. And,
2: and that's probably why Panthers are so lacking on ESPN because our ESPN
0: beat writer is absolutely terrible. Every quote or every story that he puts out there is recycled from some something somebody else asked. Like the, the questions, like they put it on ESPN.com. And it's like a little bullshit article of him using a Joe person question or somebody else's question and types up a, a 150 piece article. I mean, 150 word article. And it's like, yeah,
1: it's awful. It's what, generic and bland and, and, and it's terrible. And, you know, if me and Joe Person have had our back and forth on Twitter. I think I'm still blocked for some cam thing. I don't remember what it was exactly, but uh, I mean, I would like to see Joe Person. I mean, at least he asks tough questions and, he, and puts content out. That's you enjoy for
2: his athletic content's good. And I, I don't know that he wants to leave the athletic is the, I think he's got a good thing going over there and, um, for anybody who doesn't have an athletic subscription, uh, I think I've said it before; they do not sponsor us in any way, shape, or form. But I love mine. I read it uh, either daily if I get a chance, or try and recap on it before we come on here and talk and just get some notes from person. So um, that's that's who I get a lot of my Panthers content from, person. And then John Ellis, I get a lot from. Um, get John, some- if
1: you don't follow, if you're a Panther fan and you don't follow John Ellis, again, he's not in any shape or form or. You know, tied to this video with this podcast. If you don't follow John Ellis, I don't know what you're doing with your life because he is by far the best Panthers content outside of the Panthers social media team that there is. So,
2: yeah at one Panther place, the number one. If just we'll give John a little plug there, he
0: deserves it. This is a thing that's like it's, it's what's always going to bother me, at least when it comes to you know the Charlotte media, uh, but the the media in itself, you know, that has such a big thing to do with with growing a fan base and getting national attention as well um because if you're not breaking any news you don't have any guys that's, that's plugged in with the national i mean with the with the front office or you know asking those questions or putting out the good pieces i mean that's not going to get attention that's not going to help grow things and, and give your fans insight like you know you um uh, that was kind of like my big thing with like rick bonnell when it came to you know charlotte hornets i mean you know rick passed away recently but you know, that was always like my thing. It's like, you know, how many times did a local writer, you know, break a story? Um, you know, you, you never see that. You know, guys are getting scooped out by, you know, and, and Woj and all of them, they're, they're great at what they do and they're paid for what they do. But, you know, you want those local guys to give you the insight into like what's going on in the organization or at least break a story every now and then. Like that's Absolutely. like, I mean, the Panther side is, is, you know, tremendously better with the local guys. I mean, it's gotten better over like the last probably five or six years. Um, it didn't used to be that way, but it's gotten better. And like, those are things that you want to see, you know, as a fan and, you know, just, you know, just insight and to kind of help grow the, grow the fan base and grow, um, I guess attention. That's just me just kind of ranting about the whole like David Newton thing. Like that's our national beat writer and he's, he's a joke of a reporter, um, I don't know. I, I,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, this is a podcast that we hope grows and, and gets, you know, more attention and stuff like that. And I have no problem saying that. David Newton, you know, f- for whatever he might have done at ESPN, and he's been there for 20 some years, I think, like, great, man. You've had a great career. But, man, you you cannot cover the Panthers. And I, and it sucks because, like I said on the Cam episode, who, the, the Charlotte media missed a – Golden opportunity because the media person that was around and, and plugged in and could have gained Cam's trust and, and gotten some exclusives or, or whatever with him, man, they missed out on a golden opportunity because that was you know, such a such a good opportunity to 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 get ESPN headlines and ESPN. You know, pre, when you are watching, you know, pregame on Sunday, the those insider stories and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's what you want to see, and like you said, Matt, we never get those. I
0: that's just I, that's just like i said just miss me nitpicking and just us you know just being fans and this coming out but you know you would like to see a little bit of insight out there i mean and if, if shake it up like you shouldn't have this day and age you shouldn't have 60 and 65 year olds be the majority of you know the national media coverage out there anymore it's just not it's just not ideal as a company but that's neither here nor there. Obviously, like we're trying to grow our own thing and and, and do that separately and differently and provide a, a little bit of a different insight on it. Obviously, from a fan perspective, with a little bit of uh, knowledge and um, insight that we have, um, we're not going to be breaking stories or anything like that because we don't have those type of sources. But you can at least watch the game and you know the organization and, and know what's going on enough to talk about it and provide real actual Insight. So that's a, uh, that's our rant for, for this, um, guys, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Anything you guys want to, want to add any closing remarks before we get out of here?
1: I'm just, again, reiterating that it's week one training camp guys, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be good days. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, all the grace that we're trying to give, Sam Darnold and and some of these young guys. Just remember too, this is a a coaching staff that is really, really new. Um, This is really the first real training camp that they've gotten because of COVID. Um, You know, Matt Rule said the other day that that was the biggest crowd down in Wofford that he's coached in front of since he's came to the NFL. So this staff is new, they're growing, they're learning just like these players are. Um, And, you know, when you see Bad throws, you see bad reps from people. You know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, JC Horn is on a bust because he gets you know beat deep by Omar Bayless in one on ones. You yeah, let's let's take a step back and remember that they're there down there in Spartanburg trying to get better every single day. And you know, we've got an upcoming season where 17 games of uh, that we get to watch, and, and they're going to be ups and downs every week, so just remember that. and to any media members, just keep doing what you're doing down there, keeping this content pouring out. We we love it as fans. So,
2: yep. I'll just add, temper your expectations. Um, like like Corey said, that's that's pretty much all I was gonna say. And just hope that everyone comes out healthy. Don't get too excited one way or the other. Just yeah, enjoy the enjoy the football content and just hope for no injuries. That's it.
0: Yeah, that was the thing I was gonna nail. Just. If we make it out of camp with no major injury to any starter, I'll be extremely happy. Um, But just kind of for you fans, just stay cautiously optimistic, Um, you know, take the progress day by day. Um, This week will be a big week to kind of see where the team team is at currently, where the guys are at currently. Um, You know, when the pads start to come on and you start to, you know, there's the hitting, um, you know, then you'll see a little bit more about, you know, where the team is at and kind of figure out where expectations should be going into week one. But, as always, guys, uh, definitely rate, um, uh, subscribe to all of our content. Follow us on social media. If you don't, that's 704cast on Twitter and 704cast uh, on Instagram as well. Um, probably this week or sometimes next, sometime next week, we will be giving away two tickets to one of the preseason games. Um, so we'll have more information on that as well. Please, um, we'll be posting that on our social media, but please um, follow us and so you guys can uh, take advantage of that. So, um, guys? That's, uh, that's all I've got.
1: Yep. We'll see you next time. Like you said, if you're a praying person, pray for no injuries.
0: Yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Try to recap uh, this upcoming week uh, from Spartanburg and uh, hopefully see uh, what kind of developments we got. But um, we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Later.